Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much. Maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm Ben Easter. I'm here with Clayton Olson. Today, we're talking about something that is the the scourge of people in the in the relationship world and the business world everywhere. It shows up all over the place. We're going to be talking about comparison. Clayton, I'm excited to talk to you, man. Me too, man. This is a comparison is a is an epidemic amongst humans. Um, myself totally. as well. You know, it's uh, I don't know if we can actually ever escape it, um, but perhaps we can minimize yeah. the toxic effects that it can have when we really ruminate on it. Yeah, sure. So, uh, so where do you see, where do you see, uh, comparison showing up and kind of being, um, you know, like, look, nobody's doing this. Nobody wakes up and is like, Oh, how can I screw up my life today? Or how can I like really slow myself down? Um, mm-hmm. which is like maybe some of the things that comparison does. So what I'd be interested in is, is to hear your perspective on why do you think, like, what's the positive benefit? What do you think comparison is doing for us rather than just to us? Yeah. Yeah, great question. So I think that comparison, the first thing that I'd like to land is that it's just a natural part of being human. You know, we're relationship-oriented creatures that uh, live in society. And one of the ways that we ensure our belonging is by looking around at those around us and determining kind of where we stand in the social hierarchy, uh, whether we're safe or not, whether someone is a threat or an ally. And I think comparison is a, a great protective primitive mechanism to, for us to measure ourselves and find out whether we're like deviating from the norm and kind of going off into chaos or whether we're kind of stepping in line and uh, maybe part of the tribe that we're looking at. Um, I think that mechanism, though, can absolutely end up getting used uh, against ourselves, especially in things like social media when we start myopically comparing one trait someone has to ourselves and uh, uh, drawing vast generalizations about what that means. Um, but totally. I, again, yeah, I think that comparison is a way for uh, people to get motivated. It's a, a in some ways like a, a temperature check for us to maybe determine like what our starting point is or kind of where we're going or where we want to go. Comparison can really illuminate uh, these unmet desires and needs that we have for ourselves by seeing somebody else fulfilling them outside of us. Uh, so comparison is really a tool um, and it can turn it again into a toxic tool if we're not using it consciously. What yeah, do you I, think? Love, I love that you brought yeah. up that, the, the bit about the tribe, you know what I mean? Because if you think about just how fragile we are, I, you know, I go on these walks sometimes and the other night I was just convinced, like my mind was building up this story that there was like a, a mountain lion or a bobcat or something out there that was going to, that was going to attack me. And of course it's not, it's not true, but my, you know, my, I'm like, Ugh, like thinking about all the, you know, kind of the feeling. Actually, this how it came up when we were on that walk the other day too. But um, just the idea that, oh, like, what if I had to fight a mountain lion or something like that? You right. know, like, what would happen? <laughs> and it, and it's like, 
being a human is a really fragile experience. And so we really rely on other humans in order to just survive in the world. And I think because of that, our brains have evolved to be very sensitive to our inclusion in a group and like what it takes to be included in a group. And so yeah. I think that's like that tribal piece, like, you know, am I doing the kinds of things that are going to keep me as part of the tribe or yeah. am I doing something that's risking my inclusion? And so I think that that's, that's like one of the benefits of what comparison is doing for us is like helping us to like kind of sort of keep us available in the tribe, keep us with access to other people so that we can be safe and, you know, be included in that sort of thing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's a really yeah. important foundation to start from uh, so that we're not trying to force change something without appreciating the mechanism, the purpose it's serving. Yeah, totally. And another piece of that, right, is that it's not doing anything wrong for us to be comparing ourselves. It right. is, it's perfectly reasonable for us to do that. And it is like, it is serving a really high value function. Um, and where it comes into conflict with us is where we start to maybe keep ourselves in, in action or something like right. that, because, you know, oh, maybe I'm not good enough to do this thing. It's, it's really, I think it becomes really uh, troublesome when we're in the kind of society that we have today. Cause you got to remember like when our ancestors, first we're maybe developing these traits. They didn't have to worry about social media. They, they didn't have access to literally every other person on the planet and all of their skills and abilities to be comparing themselves to, mm -hmm. um, you know, they were trying to be included in their hundred and 150 person tribe. And so nowadays we actually, we have access to so much more information. And so at least we think we can see so much more of what's going on in other people's realities that mm -hmm. we can start to compare ourselves in maybe unrealistic or unflattering ways, find ourselves lacking and then say, well, you know, and this is where I think I see it come up a lot. It's like, well, I, maybe I shouldn't even try because I'm never going to be as good as that person over there that I can see on social media or whatever. And that's where I think we can get into some detrimental effects of comparison. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about like, I'd be, I guess I'd be interested to hear um, from you, like, what do you do? So, so somebody's shown up in comparison and they're saying like, you know, gosh, I can't stop, you know, looking at other people. And then like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like checking my trajectory against their trajectory or, um, in the, in the dating and relationship world, I guess it's showing up like, Oh, you know, like, what are they thinking about? Like my, my, my quote unquote competition. I think that that idea, the idea of competition comes up a lot in the comparison field. Like we're comparing yeah. ourselves to other people such that there's like a scarcity of resources and we're going to be lacking in resources in some ways, whether that resource be a partner or that resource be money or that resource be, you know, traffic to our website or whatever the situation mm -hmm. is. Um, so I'm curious, how do you go about it? If somebody comes and they say that they're having this challenge, what do you, how do you go about, um, sort of addressing it? Yeah. Well, I think whenever anybody's comparing themselves to another person, uh, there's a lot of projection occurring in that. So there's a, a way in which someone is taking an ideal that they have inside of themselves that is of their own creation, and they're projecting it onto another person, believing that that person embodies that thing. And uh, I think part of working with that is helping see the fantasy, like illuminating the fantasy versus versus the reality. Um, I'll, projection happens all the times in relationships. And I think the same mechanism that creates the honeymoon phase is also actually active in comparison. So for instance, when you meet somebody, yeah. yeah. So when you meet somebody and you, uh, and you like them and you begin to get to know them and you start to use the blank canvas or the seemingly blank canvas of who they are, 
to project your anima or animus, which is the ideal masculine or feminine onto that person, uh, we will imbue them with all of these traits that we think that they have as the perfect partner where they can't do any wrong. And I think this is classically known as the honeymoon phase where we're really in love with a fantasy. And then as we get to know the person, we start to realize the, the warts, uh, the imperfections, the frailty, the limitations, the, neuro- the neurotic tendencies that person has. Insecurities. And then, yeah, the insecurity. And then, and then the real work of loving that person actually begins at that point. Um, and I think that same kind of honeymoon phase mechanism happens when we compare ourselves. We look out in the world and we see somebody doing something and we put this kind of honeymoon uh, lens over uh, the external achievement or the external yeah, way that's like a, almost like a halo. We put a halo over them or something. Exactly. Like that, yeah. Yeah. We put a halo over in life. Yep. And, and then we end up, uh, we're in relationship with, uh, our own fantasy of what we think that person's internal experience is, and how we think that person's yeah. feeling about whatever they have externally. When we really have no idea, we, I mean, we have a, maybe a little bit of information that we're deriving from our interpretation of what we think is happening over there, but Truly, when we're comparing ourselves to another people, what we're actually comparing is we're comparing our own ideal to where we're currently at. And so when we bring it in like that, that, right, when we take the projection off of the person, we bring it into we realize we're actually playing a game with ourselves. Um, In some ways, we're saying um, I'm comparing myself to the gap of the ultimate um, destination I want to be at and realizing I'm not there. And I'm taking that story and plastering on somebody else and thinking that they have it all when it's often just a, we're, we're looking at a very myopic lens when we're doing that with other people. Um, so I think moving into an internal game, go ahead. I was going to say, so I think moving the, that, uh, the comparison to an internal game, uh, can be really powerful because it can help us then start to illuminate and really make clear what is it that we're wanting that are our goals? What are these things that we're wanting that are desires, that are experiences for ourselves that we can now begin to track and then start to maybe build small, smart goals around to actually get there um, versus, right? Exactly. Like, and then we're, then we're back to this, the, the kind of the usefulness of comparison, mm-hmm. which is like as a way to illustrate about ourselves what we'd like to see more of in the world. Yeah. Right. And to to like um, as kind of a tool for values, maybe discovery in the world or um, yes, vision for your life, because you can see somebody else who's doing something that you'd like to be doing. And you can say, oh, it's look how cool it is that they're doing that thing. Yeah. That thing is possible in the world. And now we have like a more useful, I think, uh, relationship to comparison in the first place. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you really interesting that what? While you were talking about that, I just want to make this note because because you're talking about mapping yourselves onto the ideal version of yourself or whatever, uh, this kind of like honeymoon phase. And yeah. I think that social media is such a great illustration of the way that that works because you're only getting the highlight reel of people's lives. You know what I mean? Like you're not seeing people at their all. You're seeing people at the times when they were willing to post a, p- a picture of themselves or a story about themselves or whatever yeah. onto the Internet for the public to see. And so you're just not seeing the lowlights. You're not seeing the times when they were unwilling to post something about themselves right. onto social media. And so we're comparing sort of because 
each one of us, we have access to the whole roller coaster ride that it is to be human. Mm -hmm. And so when we're comparing ourselves to somebody else's like highlight reel, we're like seeing only their highlights, but we're seeing our lowlights and our highlights. And so of mm -hmm. course we're going to find ourselves lacking in that way. And that's yeah. such a, I think um, it, it was such a great metaphor for this honeymoon phase that you're talking about. Cause that's what we're doing. Yeah. We're like, Oh, that, that ideal that's over there. That's like unattainable. And it's like, well, yeah, of course it's unattainable because you're only seeing the, like the peaks of all yeah. of their mountaintops and you're not yeah. seeing any of the valleys. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And you, you also don't know what their inner experience is. You know, I mean, if you're seeing yeah, somebody that's no got, idea what their inner that's got money, right. Or, or looks or status or whatever kind of criteria that you're using to identify the gap of where you are and where you think they are. Um, you don't actually know what kind of feelings are coursing through their body. Right. And I mean, the, 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 I think the ironic thing about it is, is that you can have people that have all those things and they could be just even more miserable than, than you, but putting on a show. Um, that's actually one of the things I think is really interesting about being a coach. Cause I guess we get such access to the inner landscape yeah. of what's going on with these people who are like ostensibly very successful, like, you know, very, you know, awesome human beings, the ones that other people maybe are like comparing themselves to and finding themselves lacking or whatever. And it's like, yeah. well, yeah, but they're also still a human and they're having their own journey through the shadows as well as the light of what it means to be human. Yes. And you know, that saying no one's perfect. That's like so cliche and such a tautology, but it's like, but you know, that's true for everyone. No one is perfect. No one like lives up to their ideals. That's kind of the nature of being a human and always being on the leading edge of creation in your reality is that you're, nobody ever is there. The horizon by definition stays on the horizon. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the nature of the horizon. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting too, is like, we're also in that experience um, when we're comparing ourselves and, and thinking that the grass is greener, we're also buying into this idea that if something changes externally for me, then finally I'll feel a certain way, right? I'll feel whole and complete. I'll feel secure. I'll feel connected. I'll feel safe. And what you and I both know through coaching and working with people is that rarely is anything that you get externally create permanent unabiding or, or permanent abiding internal experience, right? It creates yeah. maybe a temporary relief and then you go right back to your baseline of being human again. So mm, yeah, what we see outside of us and what we see other people doing outside of us is not an accurate reflection of what their actual experience and relationship is with those things. Um, so it really is like looking into a black box, but we don't know. Yeah. I, that, I call that, that concept that you were just talking about, like sort of holding my own emotions hostage contingent on the world's good behavior. Like, mm. well, when those things happen, then I'll allow myself to be happy and yeah. I'll, and then I'll be, then I'll allow myself to feel okay or like successful or whatever the, whatever yeah. you sort of quality is that you're wanting to embody. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you work yeah, with people so, then? If, you, if you've got just to kind of flip the question back on you. So, um, yeah, if you've got somebody in your realm, uh, perhaps they're a founder and you're noticing them comparing themselves to maybe other people's success given the, you know, maybe they're comparing it based on like a time frame of where they think they should be compared to other people compared to where they actually are. Um, where do you start with that? How do you begin to untangle uh, this uh, puzzle that someone's created for themselves? 
Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple different, a few different ways to go about it, but I, I like to start at the kind of the core beliefs level mm -hmm. and really like, um, I like to start at the philosophy level because I think it's really important for us to have a framework that helps us to at least open ourselves up to the possibility of change in the world. And so for me, I think at the core of this comparison thing is sort of self-center, radical self-center, like being the core of your experience, the center of your existence mm. and knowing that really coming to realize like, and when I say realize, I mean, make real in your reality that you are the most important person in your life, no matter what else is going on anywhere else, that mm. no matter where you look, you're the center of your reality. And, you know, we have this, it's so funny in our society, I feel like there's a real stigma against like self-centered or selfish, like those are both like, those have negative connotations, those words. And yet you are always the center of yourself. Like that's the, that's what it means to be a localized human experience in the world. And so I think one thing is really reconciling yourself with that and coming to sort of, um, be in acceptance of the fact that you are the most important person in your world always. And in every situation, I think is a really useful, like sort of starting framework. Mm. just coming to practice that thought and recognize that, you know, when you say things are good or bad, what you're really saying is that you like them or you don't like them. You think that they are in alignment for you, or you don't think that they're in alignment for you, that you are the, the sole arbiter of right and wrong and good and bad in your reality. And that you are the one who is determining all of the value judgments. And I think that that's like a really useful um, starting point to not, not just to know, to notice, but to become familiar with, to like practice mm. and think about on a regular basis so that when you're do, doing this honeymoon phase thing where you're noticing, oh, they're so good or whatever, you're, mm. you're able to say that is based on my understanding of what good is in the world. Mm. I am the, the arbiter. I'm just, I'm choosing what to think about how this person is showing up in the world mm. so that we can start to kind of, again, center ourselves in our own experience rather yeah. than in someone else's because you're not, you're not in their experience. You really are literally only in your own experience all the I time, like that. every time. I like that. Yeah. It's like you're restoring yeah. um, authority and helping the person realize that the, the judge of the experience is them, not some type of outside ideal that is exactly. something like, like society necessarily, but that they're the, that the reason they're feeling any type of pain in the comparison is because they're the ones that have deemed that important to compare themselves against. Exactly. Yeah. Which then makes them, yeah. gives yeah. them the capacity to be the dismantler of that uh, if they want to, yeah. or to at least because be empowered in realizing that it, it, they're that I'm choosing to see that as an ideal because I'm the one choosing to see it that way. Yeah. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so one of my metaphors for this is like staying in your own lane, like, cause mm. you know, I, I, I noticed that in most cases, when you're driving down the road on the interstate or whatever, you're not like, Oh, that person's going faster than me or, Oh, they're going to get there before me. Or like, Oh, you know, like, cause you're not, you're not actually, you don't care. They're not going to the same place as you. <laughs> they're not coming from the same place as you. And they're not going to the same place as you. And so we just like, we don't, typically tell the story like, oh, that person is like beating me in some way. Mm. And yet a lot of times in these games that we're playing on social media or with like, in the dating game or whatever, you're playing this game like, oh, they're, they're, that person's going to get there before I do. And that will be wrong or bad or mm. awful. And so, so coming to realize that you actually, you don't know anything about where that person's coming from or where they're going to, like, you don't know even what 
their basis for a successful life even is. Even when you yeah. ask them, they might not tell you the truth. Yeah. And even if they tell you the truth, they might not understand all of their own inner motivations, just like I don't understand all of my own inner motivations. It's a, it's a reflection process. Mm. And so, so coming to be like, my metaphor is really like thinking about being in a car and driving in the car and staying in your own lane. Yeah. And being concerned with where you're going and the speed at which you want to travel and mm-hmm. the the rules of the road that you want to play by and follow and where you're getting off and all that thing, all that sort of, um, you know, very highly personal, very individual uh, aspects of your reality. Right. Just centering yourself in that reality. And if you start to notice, start to notice yourself thinking about like what other people are doing or what they're doing, just like for me, it's like, all right, get in your lane, Ben. Get in your lane. Byron Katie talks about there's uh, there's three kinds of work, my work, your work, and God's work or the universe's work or whatever. And I think that is like so useful is to just remember to center yourself in your own work. Like what is what is it that you have control over? What do you have a choice in? What do you have a say in? And yep. center yourself in that. In that yeah. yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, How's that land with you? Yeah, uh, what comes up for me as I hear that too is that comparison is unconstrained competition, essentially, right? Like competition, like actual real competition. Yeah, real competition happens within a confined set, like a confined context in which there's a game that's occurring where people are on a level playing field for the most part. And there are certain attributes. Like at a poker table, for instance. Yeah, or a football field or fencing or Mm -hmm. martial arts. Uh, whatever type of sport, right? There's a there's a set of rules and there's a, constra- a constrained limit in which that comparison can actually happen, which then occurs as competition. But when we're com- when we're comparing, we're trying to play a game with with there's no limits on it. There's like there's no there's no constraint around uh, that can actually hold all the variables at play that include timing, that include age, that include where someone's from, that include childhood trauma, that include what per, what someone's value and where they're going. And so we're constructing, we're almost like we're, we're fooling ourselves into thinking that we're like in competition with somebody when uh, we, unless we actually create a box around that, an actual game for that, we can't be actually in competition with that person, right? We can have a being where we're, play, we're, we're exactly. pretending we're in competition or we're comparing ourselves but it's, it's illogical and it's not real because we, we haven't set up a, the proper context for that to take place. So that's what I'm exactly. getting at hearing you talk is just this idea of like, you know, we're comparing ourselves to another person and it's impossible to actually play that game because we, we don't have a box for that game to play out in. Does that land? Is that what exactly. you're saying? Like, too? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like you think about like how many different dimensions there are of human existence. And it's like, yeah, sure. Maybe this person is having, it's not even as, as obvious and as clear to say, like this person is having more business success than I am. Right. Like you might Mm -hmm. say financial success or whatever, um, which gets a little bit clearer, but let's assume that we could just say this person's experiencing more financial success than I am, but that doesn't tell you that all of the other things that you've done, that does, it's not taking into account like the comparison. You know, like I had my head injury and so I had to really spend a, like a developmental detour period of my life le- relearning social skills. And so actually my social skills right now are pretty on point, but the, there was a delay in my business and financial success while I did that. Right. And so if I 
and back when I first started my business, I was doing this a lot. I was like comparing myself to other people, comparing myself to you, comparing myself to, you know, whoever is out there in the world on the, on the quote unquote business dimension, as though I could put it into a box like that. But meanwhile, I wasn't taking into account all of the self-development and personal growth that I had done around social things and understanding myself and, and like self command and self mastery that I was doing in those times wasn't even entering into the picture for me. Right. Whereas it, we don't know what's going on with somebody else's reality where they might yeah. be having quote unquote more financial success, but like maybe they have a horrible interpersonal dynamics or they can't make a relationship work or whatever. Yeah. We don't know what all that stuff is. We can't possibly be aware of all those variables. And so if yeah. any time we're doing a comparison game with where we're, where we haven't created that box around it, yeah, you know, the, that set of rules, we are necessarily comparing apples to oranges. We yes. cannot be doing a one-to-one comparison. That's a, that's a great way of putting it. Apples to oranges. Totally. Yeah. And what I'm noticing too is uh, as we're navigating through this is that when someone is in comparison uh, against somebody else and they're doing the apples to oranges comparison, they're oftentimes discounting all of the gems and the other aspects of themselves that are, that are, that are worthy and incredibly valuable. So I think this is why that would actually be winning if only they knew <laughs> exactly like they're not in incor- like they're, they're not incorporating their own variables. They're not stacking the, um, the scale of all of, they're not actually contextualizing properly the, the journey that they've been on to gain the value that they've actually got that got them to this place. Uh, there's like a discount around that. There's an idea of like, oh, well, I should be somewhere different possibly, right? I should be somewhere different or like that didn't really matter. And so they're actually creating a distortion looking back in their past at the gems that they've created that have got them to their current spot. So I think that's another, and I'm realizing that in an indirect way, when I'm working with somebody, that's something that I typically begin to poke on is to start to look at all of the different decision points that had ultimately been the best thing that they could have done at the time to get them to where they are right now so that they can find more present moment rapport with where they're at. Um, because I think that when we compare ourselves to there's, there's a, there's an assumption we're making, which is I should be in a different spot than where I'm at. And if you're, if you're believing yeah, in that argument with reality, yeah, that you should be exactly like, if you should be in a different spot than you're, where you're at, you're, you're living a fantasy because you are where you are, therefore you should be there. And there's a very good reason for it. And there's a lot of wins and accomplishments and disasters averted that have gotten you right to this place. You're just not recognizing or seeing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, by the way, I'm all for living a fantasy, just as long as it's a resourceful one, as long as it's one that feels yeah. good for you or helps you get something that you want in the world, right? right. You're going to be lying to yourself. It might as well serve a purpose in your reality. Yeah. Sure. You know? sure. Yeah. 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 I, I, one of the things, one of the exercises I'll have people do, I call it the personal badassery list, but it's uh, basically you just, you start to keep a log of your wins. You start mm-hmm. to keep a log of all the times when things go well for you, uh, all yeah. of the skills that you trust yourself to be able to, uh, to do in the world, all of the results that you, you really, tr- you, you trust yourself to be able to rely. And it can be anything that it's small, big, whatever. Like, you know, right. I, I really trust myself to be able to get myself dressed in the morning or like, I, you know, I make my bed every day and I really like, I, yeah. I, I trust myself to do that or it can be really massive things. Like I really trust myself to be able to 
convince someone of something in the world if, if we have values alignment around it or whatever. So you make that list of the, the skills that you're, you trust yourself to be able to do, the talents and qualities that you have in yourself that you really like and that you admire and appreciate, the accomplishments that you've achieved in your reality, the friends that you have, like all of the things that make you you that you, are, you like yeah. and start to collect those things so yeah. that you have a source of your own sort of um, – Personal yeah. badassery, your own, the things that compare, that you compare yourself to your own self, you yes. know, and find yourself succeeding. Yeah. I, I, so just to summarize that, like if I was going to underline it, what I hear you saying is the more that someone can actually be present to the progress they're making in their own life, the less they're going to be comparing themselves to others. And that and often finding themselves comes, lacking. Yeah. Yeah. If we are comparing ourselves to others and we're doing it in a toxic, consistent way, it might actually just be kind of the canary in the coal mine that's letting us know that we feel like we're not improving against who we were yesterday. And so that's that's what we yeah, can control. Exactly. It's kind of take real stock of where we are and not only look at the wins, but look at where we want to go and then begin to work towards where we want to go with uh, incremental steps so that. We can feel like we're on a path that we can, we can have the felt experience that we're on our path versus trying to be on somebody else's. I love that. And then to, to take this all the way full circle back to the beginning, that I think yeah. is what the, the highest and best use of this comparison urge is, is mm. to, to find ourselves in a place where we are using the tendency to look to other people as a way, as a, as a tool, as a lens for us to develop ourselves in the ways that we want to, to grow in the ways that we want to, to see more, have more of the experiences that we want to in the world. Yeah. And that, that is a really useful way of taking the, the tendency to look out to others. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Cool, man. And any Love final it. thoughts before we, before we wrap? Great. No, I don't have anything to add. I feel like we really covered it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. This has been a great conversation and, uh, you know, it's a, this is another one of those sort of infinite game conversations, but it's, yeah. you know, it's something that comes up that wants to be renewed over and over again. Check out this podcast again. We'll probably do another one about it in the future. Uh, but just re remember a, if you're comparing yourself to other people, finding yourself lacking, you're not doing anything wrong. Okay. It's a natural human thing. B you can use that as a lens for finding more value, uh, that we want to experience in the world. And three, start to like really notice the journey that you're on and start to understand how truly unique you and your journey has been and that you are absolutely actually beyond compare with anyone else in most every conversation uh, context. Yeah, love that. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much for yet another amazing conversation. I uh, hope everybody out there listening has shifted a little bit more into freedom and uh, live your freedom, love your life. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.